Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. We don't need that. Make sure you find us wherever you get your podcast: Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and the Believe Podcast Network. That is Believe, B-L-E-A-V dot com. They got all kinds of good shows, but they got the greatest show, and I'm probably right up there. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the boards, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's cracking? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm looking forward to a, uh, what are we at, week three on the NFL? I'm looking forward to a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah, week. Well, is it week three? No. No, week two. This is week two. I forgot. This is week two. It feels like the Rams kicked off. Yeah. Early, so uh, yeah, week two. I'll be at SoFi with my father watching the uh, Rams put a thumping on the. I hope Atlanta Falcons. Ah, okay. The Falcons are coming here this week, and we're gonna get to that when we do Reggie's picks. I know y'all like that, so we're gonna do it again this week. We're gonna do Reggie's picks. We're going to talk a little bit about the Suns owner, Robert Sarver, getting suspended and fined. But first up. So last night, the Chiefs and the Chargers played on Thursday night. If you happen to have Amazon Prime video, you got to watch the game. If you don't, you was ass out of luck. Um, And. For all intents and purposes, I mean, I guess this is the first week the Thursday night game was on Amazon because it's going to be on there throughout the season. Uh, Last week's first night, uh, the first Thursday game was on NBC because that's the kickoff game, right? Um, Usually I hate Thursday games. I don't know if anybody, if if you listen to the show, which of course you are listening, uh, everybody knows I hate Thursday games, usually because it's a quick week. The guys are coming off of playing on Sunday. Then they only get three days of real rest and they get to come back and play again. And who wants to play? Who wants to get in a train or a car crash <laughs> three days later, get into another car crash? That's basically what you got these guys doing. So you usually get the trashiest of trash football games. But last night, we ended up having a pretty good game, right? I mean, you had the marquee matchup uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. And man, I mean, I, for you, you ask anybody, talk to anybody, I think that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Justin Herbert has been inching up that list for me because I think that dude is that damn good. And I'll be the first to tell you, I did not see it coming. I thought that when he was in college, I thought that he was just a dude. I'm like, oh, he's okay, but he ain't real. Because in college, they had him playing this whack, whack offense, right? It was like, it was just a not pro-efficient offense. It was just whack. And he got to the league and they let him do things that great quarterbacks do in the league. And that dude can slang the ball all over the field. So, we had this game, which is a prime matchup. I mean, AFC West is probably the, the the best division in football. And they went at it. But there's some things I took away from this game because the Chiefs ended up coming back to win. But there was some stuff that went on in this game that is very telling about these two teams and really caught my eye. One with the Chiefs. They missed Tyreek Hill, right? They won the game. They beat up on, I believe, uh, last week they played Arizona Cardinals and they beat up on them too. Patrick Mahomes is spreading around. And I think that's a good thing for him because, you know, when you saw him at his worst, he was just so dependent on trying to make the big plays with Tyreek Hill all the time. And sometimes he would hold the ball too long. He'd scramble around thinking that he's Lamar Jackson when clearly he is not Lamar Jackson and taking sacks and, and whatnot, right? But 
the loss of Tyreek Hill is forcing him to take the underneath throws, forcing him to spread it around and try to find some other receivers to get the job done. But the thing that it's not allowing them to do anymore is really be explosive down the field. I mean, they got that one long touchdown to, uh, I forget what the kid's name is. I think he used to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then he, uh, he, he got cut, and then they picked him up, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they don't have the explosivity anymore. They don't have that beat you all over the field anymore. And we don't got that, man. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be able to sit there and take what the defense gives him. And that's always been his crux. That guy is trying to hit the home run. That guy is trying to make a spectacular. That guy is always trying to make a play. And that's what makes him great. But also, that's what messes him up. If you saw that second half against the Cincinnati Bengals last year in the AFC Championship game, he fell apart trying to make things happen that just weren't there. And so first two weeks, he's looked okay, taking what the defense gives him. I mean, he's got seven touchdowns and zero interceptions, so clearly it's working. But I want to see over the course of 17 games, how patient is he going to be with not having a home run hitter? Is he going to continue to take what the defense gives him? Is he going to spread the ball around? They've got a nice little team here. I don't think that they have a great defense, um, I mean, I didn't see really any real kind of pass rush. Justin Herbert was able to sit back there. I mean, he threw for 300 some odd plus yards, three touchdowns, and the one interception that turned into a pick six. And, I mean, let's get on the Chargers right now because I think the Chargers are in trouble. And why do I think they're in trouble? Yo, they've got a great quarterback. They've got a guy who I think is you know, my top five, maybe top six quarterbacks in the league. They've got a dope defense. They, I mean, hell, they played last night without Keenan Allen. That's why I took Kansas City in the money line. So thank God I won that. Um, they played without Keenan Allen, their best wide receiver. Michael Williams was still there. They had to uh, spread it around some other cats, Joshua. Um, my problem was with their coach, Brandon Staley. And I had a problem with him last year. Last year, we talked about this on the podcast. That dude seems like he trusts his quarterback more than anybody trusts anybody on this planet because they went for it on fourth down last year more than any team in the NFL has done in decades. All the time, literally, going for it on fourth down. And it cost them last year. It cost them some games, and it cost them getting into the playoffs because that guy was going for it on fourth downs and, and, and not messing around and getting it, right? He messed up a couple times. Didn't go to the playoffs. You figure he's going to go to this offseason. It's going to be a learning experience for him and whatnot, right? Last night, there were situations where that guy needed to go for it on fourth down, and he got gun shy. He got gun shy. Didn't go, and, and Justin Herbert was four for four on fourth downs. He was batting 100, batting 1,000. You've got to give that guy more chances to get that done. You just simply have to. He's if, if if you trust him the way that you do, you show him that this is how much you trust in him. You can't be reading the headlines. You can't be watching Twitter because that's what I feel like Brandon Staley did. He heard these grumblings from people saying, oh, he's too he's too, uh, you know, he's 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 just too quick to, to risk it all. No, dog, you've got to be able to assess it. You've got to be able to listen and cut out the noise and figure out exactly what you need to do for your team to win. Because there were instances there where he should have went for it on fourth down, and he didn't. And why didn't he? I have to think he's reading the headlines. I have to think he's reading the comments. And then even then, I just don't know about this dude as a coach because Justin Herbert got blasted. His ribs got tapped up right he was on the ground they had to call a timeout my man was on the ground in pain couldn't really move you see him on the bench he's leaning to the side because he can't really put any weight on his on his rib 
Right? Looked like he had a broken rib, and we come to find out today that he has uh, fractured rib cartilage, which still is ouch. So that dude gets his ribs busted up. They're down two scores in the game, right? And let, let's let's talk about this 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 interception, right? Because the craziest thing to me is when people just don't want to give blame to a quarterback when they're quicker to give blame to other quarterbacks than they would. And namely, I want to talk about when, when it happens to Lamar Jackson, he just isn't a good quarterback. But when Justin Herbert throws a bad ball, it's on the receiver, right? It's, well, the receiver must have made the wrong move. No, that's on Justin Herbert and on the coach, Brandon Staley. That dude, Everett, was gassed called multiple times to get out of the game and nobody subbed him out so they get down to the goal line that dude is i mean he's basically jogging on this route he fakes inside which looked like it was over he might have been an option route he's either gonna sit or he's gonna go outside and he goes outside justin herbert throws it inside interception gone to the house whose fault is that it could be both of a miscommunication, so it's on both of them. But more than that, it's on the head coach who's standing there on the sideline, and he should see this guy needs to come out. So that was the second thing that Brandon Staley messed up on. Third thing, you're down two scores in an NFL game on the road at Arrowhead to Patrick Mahomes with about three to under three minutes left. And you're trotting Justin Herbert back out there to get his ribs annihilated again, which they did again? Bruh, sit him down, put in Chase Daniels, who's been stealing money in the NFL for years, let him earn his paycheck. It's week two. You're putting that guy back out there in harm's way, and luckily he he threw a dope, he threw a laser on like a fourth down, then he threw a laser touchdown. And then they kicked the onside kick, and you know the percentages are so low. They were not, they were never gonna, they weren't gonna win this game unless a miracle happened. So why are you putting that guy back out there to face that pressure, to face those hits coming? And I know everybody wants to see the tough quarterback stand out there, but sometimes it's just stupid. And sometimes you gotta save dudes from themselves. That's why guys have people in their boxers have people in their corner to throw in the towel when the dude's getting pummeled. Yo, you're down two scores in Kansas City to an all-time great quarterback. Just chill, sit him down, bring in your backup, and live to see another day. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. but what happens if he gets one more crack on those ribs and he's out for the season? I mean, who knows if that second hit he took on those ribs didn't cost him a game or two, right? They're saying he's day-to-day right now, but and I'm, guys are talking about it's going to be about a pain threshold. These are guys who haven't even played football. I'm, I'm listening to some guy on ESPN talking about, well, it's just going to be a, a, a pain threshold issue. You mean, how much can he take? Have you ever played with <laughs> a broken rib, dog? Yeah. Like, you can't even breathe. This dude's going out there to get hit. Most people get a broken rib, and they chill in the bed. They got pads on. They're eating soup. They're walking around all ginger. You're talking about pain threshold? This dude's going to go out there and play with a broken rib and have people falling on him? 300-pound linemen falling on him? Good God. Wouldn't be me. (laughs) Would not be me. But I get it. Everybody wants to be the tough guy. But you can't be the tough guy if you're sitting on the bench for the rest of the season because you cracked up your damn ribs. So... That's the problem I had with the Chiefs. I mean, with, with with the Chargers and their coach. I don't know if that dude's gonna last because he sounds like he's got rabbit ears and he's listening to all the noise out there instead of just playing his game and not really managing the team the right way. So th- that's what I took from that game. There's a couple things I took from this week that 
or interesting in the NFL. Dak Prescott out for six to eight weeks, right? They're saying it could be four, but what are you going to do? I mean, Jerry Jones is just, just, oh God, he's just the worst. He's he's the best and worst owner in, in, in the NFL, right? He's the best owner because he makes the team the most money, but he's the worst because he just can't get out of his own way. So you're going to tell me you've got this guy who's going to possibly be out six to eight weeks, right? And now you've got some optimism that it might be just be four weeks. But did you guys not see the Russell Wilson movie last year? He had basically the same injury and they rushed him back after four weeks was never the same all season long. Let the guy heal. That's what you have a backup quarterback for. That's why there's free agent quarterbacks to go out and pick up. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is out there. Why don't you give him a run? Cam Newton is out there. Why don't you give him a run? Right? There's people out there, so you don't have to rush this guy back when he's clearly, and hell, when he was in the game, they didn't look good. He looked atrocious. So the Cowboys, they got the Bengals coming up this week, and we're going to talk about it in Reggie's picks, but eh, it's, it's not looking too good. Trey Lance, I was in Chicago for the Niner game. Um, got there, it was raining, monsoon, just crazy. It stopped raining for a little bit. But I was impressed overall watching the game, right? You've got a guy who's basically a rookie coming in for the 49ers. They've got a team that is supposedly ready-made to be a championship team. And truth be told, are they really? Are they really? Or just because they got there last year, they made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth, right? They got fortunate to go and play a Dallas Cowboy team where they were just better. They were able to run the ball on them, and their offense didn't show up and made blunders to end the game. Then they get to play, uh, they play Green Bay, right? They play Green Bay, uh, frozen field, where I've talked about for years, Aaron Rodgers, if he played in a dome or a fair weather town, that guy would have more, more Super Bowls. But he plays in a in a town, plays for a team where when he's most when he plays his most important games, his most important attribute is usually null and void. He's throwing a frozen rock out there when it's time to play the most meaningful games. He's playing on ice and sleet and snow when it's time to play the most meaningful games. Where is the advantage there? Right? There is no advantage. So any team that comes in there that can run the ball and play defense is basically a pick'em. And the 49ers went there and played a pick because neither of them could really score. Jimmy Garoppolo tried to give the game away, right? Tried to give the game away. And the Packers just wouldn't take it. So they win that game. Then they go to the Rams. And of course they lost to the Rams because the Rams were a better team. And the 49ers just ran out of gas and they ran out of a good quarterback. Just didn't have a good enough quarterback to win that game. It was tough. They tried their best. But at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't make the plays to get them over the hump, right? So let's let's throw that out there. They're not some just great championship team because they've got if they had a great quarterback, they would be a championship team. But they haven't had a great quarterback. And now they've got a young dude who's coming in and has to get experience. I don't know. and, And this is why I hate listening to Twitter. I hate listening to people or talking to people who really don't know football. What in the world is anybody doing clamoring for a guy who threw 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions last year. And for every year, when you when people want to say that they made, he's got him to the playoffs, he got him to the championship game, he got him to the Super Bowl. Along the way, he was asked to only throw the ball eight times, seven times in another game, and basically threw a closed-eye interception in a Super Bowl and overthrew a wide receiver that cost us a game. And then against the, the, the Rams last year, just couldn't get it done. 
Why is anybody clamoring for that in the face of Trey Lance? And why are we angry at Trey Lance? Why, this is why I've been asking people all week. Why are you angry at Trey Lance? Why are you angry that, oh my God, they're putting this guy in here? Why aren't you angry at Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? Because they're the ones who basically told you Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough to win us games. They're the ones who did it. Nobody else. Trey Lance didn't draft himself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this. Trey Lance did not draft himself. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch did this. They traded away the future to grab this guy because they overwhelmingly have told you Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough to get us where we want to go. So why are we having vitriol Trey Lance? He's just going out there trying to learn. And he has a lot to learn. The dude played one year of college football. One year. At a D1 AA school. And now he's in the NFL. And the bullets are flying for real. And they've got to stick with this kid. And he wasn't even back. Yo, he made some throws in that game in Chicago that the whole stadium buzzed. Right? Those are throws that Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to make on his best day. He made runs that Jimmy Garoppolo can't even dream about making for first downs. And then he had plays where a guy who's only played one year of football and two NFL games started is supposed to look like. All while playing in a monsoon without his all-pro tight end and then losing his starting running back after the first half. What do you expect from this dude, from this kid? What are you expecting? He's supposed to learn on the job and the only way he's going to learn is by playing i just I, I i lose my mind talking to some of these football fanatics because these guys don't know what they're talking about it's just a narrative they run with and it just sounds so stupid the 49ers lost a game on the road in chicago to a quarterback who is up and coming and from the same draft as trey who i actually thought the 49ers should take over trey right because uh, contrary to what Trey has done, Justin Fields has been that dude his whole life. He's already been the number one. Uh, him and, and Trevor Lawrence went one and two. Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields were the one, two, back and forth, top recruits in, in high, coming out of high school. They get to college. They're the number one, two quarterback in college. And when we last saw them on the field together, Justin Fields was busting Trevor Lawrence's ass. And so he gets here. What's he supposed to do? Justin Fields played terrible in the first half because the Niners defense was all over him. Second half, Justin Fields came out and did Justin Fields things. That's what happens in the NFL. Good players win teams games, especially at home in a monsoon. So simmer down. Simmer down. We're going to see what happens this week. We're going to talk about it in Reggie's picks because we got the, the 49ers and the Seahawks. We're going to do all that stuff. But just relax, y'all. And save some of that vitriol for the people who deserve it. If you're going to be mad at Trey Lance, you got to be mad at the people who brought him here. But you ain't going to do that. You ain't going to yell at Kyle Shanahan. You ain't going to yell at John Lynch. You just want to hate the players because y'all just some haters. For God's sake, stop it. Be back after the break. So, Commissioner Adam Silver of the NBA just handed down a suspension and fine for Phoenix Suns majority owner Robert Sarver. Uh, he's suspended for one year and fined $10 million. Um, the $10 million fine comes to a man who is worth reportedly uh, up over $800 million. So, you know, a little chump change, right? little chump. He's almost worth a billy, and they took 10, 10 mil uh, from my man, right, and suspended him. So it means he still gets to keep his team. Why was he suspended? 
because a uh, report that came from this dude, Baxter at ESPN, is a really, really great report. I, I encourage you to go read it and, and hear about it. It came out a while ago. The NBA just now came out with their suspension they're fine, and we're going to get to that in a second. But basically in this report, uh, Robert Sarver is running the Suns like his shit don't stink because he's almost worth a billion, right? He's a billy. He's a billy. He's almost a billionaire. So that dude is out here talking to people any old way and saying things that if you said them in a regular office workplace or any kind of regular setting, a grocery store, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, fast food spot, you get your ass whooped. But why is it not happening? Because this dude has the power to change people's lives. And how does he change people's lives? By giving them jobs and making sure they're subordinate to him. There's misogynistic talk where he was just talking to women about their breast sizes, calling women, yo, bitches. I mean, he's talking to black dudes and, and saying the N-word, basically, basically doing all the annoying white dude stuff that white dudes do when they know they shouldn't be saying the word, but they just want to figure out why they can't say it. For whatever reason, why they really want to say it, I don't know. I never understand that, why somebody feels like, I've got to say this word. And it's not that they really feel like they've got to say it. They just don't like people telling them what they can't do. And that's Robert Sarver. And you can see in this report, Earl Watson used to be the head coach of the Suns, and this is who had the interaction with him. And he was like saying, well, Draymond Green is running the court saying N-word, N-word, and he's not saying, Robert, this is straight, Robert Sarver is not saying N-word. Robert Sarver is saying the word, hard E-R at the end of it. Well, Draymond Green is saying, da, 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 da. Draymond Green is doing this, da, da, da. how come I can't say it? Da, 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 da. You know why you can't say it. You know why you can't say it. You're a grown man. You're a you're a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. You know why you can't say this word. You know why you can't talk to women this way in a workplace. You know it's frowned upon. You know you should not be doing this. Why are you doing it? Because you think that nobody can tell you what to do. Because you're the boss of the whole damn deal. And this report came out a while ago. And why? Are we just hearing about it now and the suspension is fine happening? Because the NBA, like any other league, and I don't know why the NFL gets this rap as being, all oh, these owners are usually all, you know, Republican and Trump's. Man, anybody that's worth damn a billion dollars usually is about the Republicans too. Why? Because Republicans ain't about giving away no damn money to any services or anything for free. They are capitalists to a T. I'm not saying Democrats ain't, Democrats ain't but Republicans ain't trying to give away nothing for free. They're trying to keep every dollar they can. That's why Trump was in office and gave the tax breaks and all that. that. It's what they do. And dudes who worth that kind of money ain't trying to give away their money. So usually they vote where their interests go. Okay? And their interests are their money, and they don't want to lose any of it. So who the hell is going to help me keep most of my money? I'm voting for that dude. And what do most of these owners look like besides Michael Jordan? They're white. And you think that none of these dudes talk like Robert Sarver? You think that the only people in the NFL, there's only owners in the NFL that 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 think that think like this? You know, the dude from the Texans who who died, McNair, right? And oh, they talk like that. No, no, it's every, it's it's it's. Every, I'm not saying everybody does it, but you can be guaranteed that some of these owners in some of these spots have been out there talking reckless, right? 
You can see it everywhere. I mean, hell, the dude for, for Washington Commanders. What's his name? The dude who's on FedEx, Daniel Snyder. He's in a world of trouble because of all the stuff he was talking about, all the stuff he was doing. It happens with rich and powerful people because usually they think nobody can tell them what to do. So the NBA doesn't do anything about this. We just hear about it now. Why? Because they're waiting to see what everybody's going to say. And at the time when this report came out, it wasn't really big news. Nobody had really heard about it. Nobody even said anything about it. Why? Because, eh. But now the suspension comes out and the fine comes out. And then you get people like LeBron James stepping up and saying, yo, they got this wrong. He needs to be out of here. Now you're going to start to see a groundswell of people. And what's going to happen is because they're trying to say, well, sorry, he'll be back in a year. No, 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 no. I think he's gone. I think that dude is getting kicked out. of. And what's going to happen is the NBA is not going to kick him out because the NBA, the owners would have to vote him out. And none of them owners were going to go to a vote and say, yo, let's kick this dude out because you know what happened if they all voted against and had Sarver kicked out? Well, then Sarver comes back with his lawyers and is like, yo, guess what this dude said this time I was around him? Guess what this dude said that last time I was over there in, uh, in Dallas? Guess what this dude said when I was up there kicking it in New York? He'll drop dime on all the owners, and all them owners don't want they dirty laundry out there in the street, right? So they, they wasn't going to kick that dude out. And I think this is a brilliant move by Adam Silver, right? Because Adam Silver works for the owners. But what he did by finding him and giving him a year, and now that this report is out, now it's up to the people to make this happen. And you're starting to see it slowly start to happen. You get the players start talking trash, right? So LeBron is calling him out. You got Chris Paul saying that. Chris Paul, this is two times Chris Paul didn't play with a dude where an owner be talking all this racist stuff. First it was Donald Sterling, and now you got this dude. And the difference between Donald Sterling and Robert Sarver is Donald Sterling, for years he'd been there talking trash and all, all this, whatever. But he he was on tape, and he, he we had the tapes. His girl was recorded, right? Girls recording it, but he never was out there vitriol, you know, with spewing the vitriol with the N-word or anything like that. He was just like, don't bring them. You know who he was talking about, but don't bring them to my games. You can do this with them. You can do all that. Just don't bring them to my games and sit courtside with them, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And, and I would say the thing that even worse about Donald Sterling, not even about the NBA stuff, is about the stuff that he did with his rental properties and all that stuff. Man, read those reports. That dude was horrible. Is horrible, okay? Um, but Sarver... Clearly had all the words. There is no tape. No, there is no smoking gun. But do we believe these people are lying? I don't. There's a whole ass report for years and years of years of people taking abuse from this dude. So the groundswell is going to come and they're going to start losing sponsors. PayPal, which is on the Suns jerseys. The PayPal logo is on the Suns jerseys. They're a sponsor. They've already come out and said, we will not continue our sponsorship if Robert Sarver is still back as the chairman of this team next year. That's big. The minority owner came out and said, we need Robert Sarver to resign. Now you're going to, and now you've got the mayor of Phoenix that's talking about Robert Sarver and trying to figure out what they can do. It's donezo. He's out of here, right? He's going to have to just, or or what's he going to do? Because he's going to have to just resign. He can sit around and say, I'm not going to resign. I'm going to stay here, right? And then have a whole, you're going to show up to games and people will be booing you. Now, I understand. Yo, you want to keep making your money? Yo, I, I don't care. I'll keep taking this cash. I don't have to show up. I'll do whatever, right? But 
eventually he's going to have to cave to that. People are not going to want this dude around. The players don't want to have to deal with this cat, don't want to see him around after knowing he was talking like this. And, of course, they trotted out uh, Monty Williams, the coach. They trotted out the GM. They tried out, you know, Chris Paul. I've never seen this. I mean, he, I, that's not the Robert Sarver I know. Of course they got to say that because they work for him. They're taking a check for him right now. Dude, I mean, hell, everybody don't show you their true colors all the damn time. Sometimes you catch glimpses of it. Sometimes you see it in the darkness. Sometimes you see it late at night. But every now and then you see it. And this dude is finally showing his true colors and it's going to cost him his team. And I don't like anybody talking about it. it's a punishment. You know what I'm saying? I just like to see, my, some of my boys are talking about this in a group chat. I just like to see, you know, I like to see powerful white dudes get their punishment. This ain't no punishment. He's going to have to give up the luxury of owning a cash printing machine. That's, it's not a punishment. He's just going to pay a tax for being a jackass. That's what happens. You get to be a jackass just long enough. And then sometimes there's a comeuppance and we're in a time and space where people are paying for their actions and their words. And Robert Sarver got to pay the piper. And it's coming. He's gone. They're going to, the groundswell is going to continue. And especially when you got guys like LeBron. LeBron comes with a bunch of endorsements, right? LeBron got GMC, Nike, uh, Powerade, all this, man, sleep, app, whatever, anything, right? You think they want to run afoul of LeBron James for Robert Sarver and, his, and, and the Suns? No, man. You don't want to be against that brand right there. They could, Somebody else could come in there and do what Robert Sarver does. Robert Sarver just collects a check. He's a rich-ass dude who bought a team, and they print money. He's not making any decisions for the, for the team. He's not drafting players. He's not there coaching. He's not playing. He's doing nothing but making money, and he's going to be taxed and not allowed to make that money when they get him up out the paint. So good riddance, Robert Sarver. I'm glad. Good to hear it, but don't mean nothing. There's still dudes talking just like Robert Sarver at every at, in, in half these leagues, half these teams, just the same. It's just going to take a little while for their transgressions to come to the light. But we'll see. Back after the break. Yeah. Y'all hear that music? Uh, 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 uh. Reggie's picks are back. Now, I know I gave y'all the picks last week with the spread and, you know, all that, the, the, the plus minus. Uh, I, th- I think I messed with one over under. I went eight and seven, right? I went eight and seven. I still, I did one better than, than 50%. That's what professional gamblers do. As long as they are up over 50%, they are winning. I won. Hey, 8-7. But we're going to try to do better than that this week, Kevin, right? So this week, I'm going to mess with the spread. And I'm also going to tell you if you just take the money line or not, right? Because some of these spreads, when they get a little too wide, you can't mess with them. Just take the money line. You ain't going to make the same money but you're still going to win some money. And some money is better than no money. So, Kevin, let's get it. Let's crack it. What, what's the first right, one? We're going to start with my home game, and I actually am interested in your opinion on this because I, I think I'm going to bet against my team. But we got Atlanta at the Rams, but the spread is Rams minus 10. Wow. That's a lot. Rams minus 10. Yeah, that's a lot, man. And usually when you get that kind of spread because these are NFL teams, everybody's good. You've got to bet against that uh, two scores, right? You got to bet against yep. two scores. That being said, the Falcons are coming to the West Coast. They've got Marcus Mariota, who I don't think is good at all. Now, on the Rams side of things, 
I don't know how good that offense can be when they don't really have a good number two receiver on the outside of Cooper Cup. And their running game is kind of non-existent, and Stafford was Stafford. And that pass rush did not look good without Von Miller. So I'm going to agree with you, Kevin, and I'm going to say take the Falcons. Yeah. Take the Falcons minus – take the Falcons plus 10. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm going with all day, every day. What's up next? Okay, we go to Carolina at the Giants. Uh, Giants are minus two. Uh, this is a dog of a game. I yeah. don't care. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. Carolina is going to the Giants, and you said the Giants are minus two? Yep. Okay, so basically that means that the Panthers are kind of – favored here right because usually you're supposed to get three points at home but what the betting odds are saying is that daniel jones sucks (laughs) they're saying that daniel jones is trash and he can't even give us the three points at home and so i don't know i think it comes down to who has the better skill players right who has the better skill players i think the giants defense is a little better than the panthers defense i think baker mayfield daniel jones you can wash them both out for me mccaffrey Saquon. That's where I think it happens here, right? And I'm going to go ahead and go with the home team. I'm going to say the Panthers start out 0-2 and the Giants get to, I believe, 2-0 and because they beat the yep. Titans last week, which was insane, yep. right? Insane. So I think I'm going to take the Giants. I would take those two points, right? Actually, I would take the two because it's so small. Most games end up between a field goal, one to three, one to three points. Take the middle right there with the two points. I think you're going to make more money off that. So go ahead and take the uh, take the Giants minus two. There you go. Uh, Indiana at Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is actually uh, plus three. Trevor Lawrence, man, I think they can do it. Indianapolis going to Jacksonville, yep. and this is the crazy thing because they were in this situation last year at the end of the season. Jacksonville, Indianapolis had to beat Jacksonville to get into the playoffs, and Carson Wentz wet the bed, gave the Jacksonville Jaguars a win. So do we get a repeat of this when they've got a new quarterback in Matt Ryan and they come off of a tie last week? They tied. They kissed their cousin last week. Kevin, kiss their cousins. So hold on. I think this week Indianapolis goes there to Jacksonville, and I took Jacksonville last week because I thought maybe they're going to get some things going. But as I watch this team, I just don't know. But I don't trust Indianapolis either. Ugh. Tough. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it again. I'm taking Jacksonville. They're at home. I'm going to take them at home. I think Trevor Lawrence could make something happen. And they're getting three points, right? They're getting three points. Yep. I don't know about the, the, the Colts being able to cover that. They couldn't cover at home. I mean, it couldn't beat the Titans. But it, 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 ah, God. They could beat the Texans. Give me the the Jacksonville Jaguars, plus three. Take it. (laughs) Well, this one will be easier for you. Miami at Baltimore. Baltimore is actually minus three and a half, but we know Baltimore's going to win this game. (laughs) This is a tough one, man. Um, Because they're both they both won last week. Right. The Dolphins came out and and beat up on the Patriots, who just don't look that good. Mac Jones is looking like I told everybody Mac Jones is going to look eventually when the cream starts to rise to the crop. That dude's ceiling is just where it's at. The Baltimore Ravens have the most explosive quarterback in the NFL. My favorite quarterback in the NFL. They've got a run game. They've got some new receivers. Um, Devin Duvernay came out and balled last week. Thank you. He's on my fantasy team. Uh, Baltimore Ravens minus three. I think you take that. I think you take that because even though Baltimore Ravens are missing uh, both starting cornerbacks, that's a big deal. Which Tua is going to show up? Is Tua going to come out there and be Alabama Tua that's throwing the ball all over the yard? Or is he going to be Tua that throws the ball five to six yards per attempt 
and basically is dinking and dunking. That's what we have to watch out for. But if I'm a betting man, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens at home to get it done. Next up. Absolutely. Uh, New England at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is getting two and a half. Pittsburgh plus two? Yep. At home? Two and a half at home. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. The New England Patriots just look like dogs. right? They look like dogs at yep. the Dolphins. But here's the crazier thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals last week, and they look like absolute dogs, right? They Okay, the Bengals look worse than dogs. Uh, the Bengals look like fleas on dogs last week. They had five. Joe Burrow had five turnovers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers still barely won that game. Now they're playing without uh, what's his name? The Watt brother. Uh, 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 not JJ, but the other one, TJ. They're playing without TJ Watt, the basically defensive player of the year, right? They're playing without that guy. Uh, Najee Harris had a, a foot injury, and somebody had the nerve to try to trade him to me in my fantasy league after the dude had a foot injury. So disrespectful. <laughs> the Patriots and the Steelers. I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. I just don't trust Mac Jones on the road to get it done. And I think the Steelers just make it happen. Yeah. Go ahead and take the Steelers. I mean, hell, it's they're, they're the underdog. You're going to win this one. Take the Steelers. All right, we got the Jets at Cleveland, and Cleveland is minus six and a half. Wow, minus six and a half with Jacoby so Brissett starting again. Yeah, yeah, that's basically a touchdown right there. And you got Joe Flacco, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, on the other end. But the problem with the Jets is. They have no offensive line, yep. and Joe Flacco can't. Joe Flacco is slower than molasses. Okay, so what are we going to see? You're going to see Miles Garrett feast on on Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco might retire after this game. Miles Garrett probably going to have about three to five sacks in this game. I would take the six and a half points with the Browns because I don't see how the how I don't see how the Jets are going to score. They're not going to be able to move the ball. It's a wrap. Six and a half. Take the Browns. Count it. Done. Boom. All right, divisional rivalry here. Uh, we got Tampa Bay at New Orleans. New Orleans is getting two and a half. So basically, a field goal. Yep. This is the game of the week right here. Yeah. Like I really think this is the game of the week because if you know what, if you know the history, this is Jameis's old team. He's finally getting the chance to start against the 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 Buccaneers, right? When he got left for dead after he threw 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions and 5,000 yards, and everybody said he was trash. When how the hell you trash? You throw for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns in the NFL. It's absolutely insane. And now you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to the Saints. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are down three starters on their offensive line, especially up the middle. And where does the pressure come to the Tom Brady when he's at his worst? up the middle what do the new orleans saints have guys who get pressure on the quarterback what else do the saints have a winning streak of about seven games on the buccaneers why because they have their number and now the saints got three starting receivers who man they might be the best trio in the league you got uh uh michael michael thomas back from injury all pro just came off their bench back from injury Jarvis Landry, a previous All-Pro, and you got Chris Olave, the rookie who just came over there. They got three dudes, plus Alvin Kamara and Jameis Winston, and a defense. The Saints are winning this game. I don't care. And the only reason the Bucs are being favored is because they got a quarterback that everybody thinks is the GOAT. They think he's going to make his way around this. But he ain't Jesus. He ain't turning no no bread and no water into wine. The dude is just a guy. He's just a man. And the Saints are going to have his number again. 
take the Saints. Absolutely. Okay, Washington. This is an interesting line. Washington at Detroit. Detroit is only minus one. So basically, uh, pick them. Washington. Yes, at basically Detroit. pick them. Man. Basically a pick'em, and when you get these pick'ems, all it comes down to is what are the conditions going to be, right? Well, they're playing in Detroit. It's at Detroit. They play in so the dome. In the dome. Yeah. They play in the dome. Playing the dome. So both teams have zero advantage there, right? So which team has the better running backs? Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal. Uh, I think Jamal Williams. Yep. I like that better right there. Who has the better quarterback? Carson mm-hmm. Wentz. Or Jared Goff. Both those dudes drafted in the same year. Same year. I wouldn't have taken either of them. Yep. I wouldn't have taken either of them. <laughs> but if I had to take one, I'm taking the guy that's at home and who has the best. I love Dan Campbell as a coach. I watched the Hard Knocks. I told you last week, I watched the Hard Knocks. I believe in the Rams. And if it's only one point, I believe in them a whole lot. Take the Detroit Lions minus one easy all day. Got What's it, next? Brother. Got it, brother. Okay. Ooh, here we go. Seattle at San Francisco. Man, San Francisco's uh, got to give up nine and a half. Same, Almost the same line as the Rams, man. It's crazy. Yeah, man. This is a big line. And, again, it's kind of what we talked about earlier. Yep. People are projecting the Niners to be this onslaught of a championship team. But, really, no, they're not. They're a, they're a good team. They've got good parts. They've got to come together and get it done. We just saw the Seahawks. Yo, Geno Smith was left for dead. He said, he said in, a, in a quote after the game, they was writing me off, but I never wrote back. I love that yeah, because I've always been a Geno fan. Yep. I've been a Geno fan since he got to the league because he never really got a shot. He never really got a shot to actually play and run a team and show them what he could do. And then when he was having his best year ever, he got sucker punched by a defensive teammate, broke his jaw, and never got to play again for the Jets. He got traded and it went to the Giants. And then he got to the Giants and started over Eli Manning one time, and everybody wanted to go crazy because how could you bench Eli Manning when he sucked? But now he's with the Seahawks. He's been there for years. He knows the system. He knows the squad. And he went and he played against the Broncos last week and looked great. He's not going to change the life of your franchise, but that dude is a starting NFL bridge quarterback. So now they come to San Francisco, not even San Francisco, to San Jose, change the damn name. It's not the San Francisco 49ers, it's the San Jose 49ers. (laughs) We're coming off of a loss. We lost Elijah Mitchell for six to eight weeks. George Kittle is maybe. Trey Lance, we're going to see how he does. Now, the scary thing is it's supposed to be raining in San Francisco. It's supposed to be bad weather. So that neutralizes both teams. And you're not going to be out there throwing the ball, whipping the ball all around. I don't think that the 49ers cover that number. I think they win, so I would take the money line with that one right there. Don't touch the spread. Just take the money line because I still think they're a better team. And that's what I got. I agree. All right, we got Arizona at Las Vegas. Uh, Raiders Raiders are minus 5.5. Raiders minus 5.5 versus Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray coming to town. That is... That's going to be a good game, man. I yep. think because not because I think both teams are so great, but I think you're go- they're playing in the dome again. You're going to see Kyler Murray get to run around. The Ra- Raiders don't have that great of a defense. However, the Cardinals don't have one of the best receivers in football. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first four games of the season. So they're hampered right there, and it's all Kyler, Kyler, Kyler. The Raiders, they've got a great team, but they've got Derek Carr as their quarterback. I don't know about that number of five and a half. I I take the money line in Oakland. I would not take the five and a half because I think it would be a closer game than that because I think these teams are kind of even. 
I'm going to go with Moneyline and the Oakland Raiders, not the five and a half, though. All right, we got Cincinnati at Dallas. Dallas is getting seven points, man. It's only seven now? Yep. Oh, my God. Jump. Take. Okay, listen to me. Anybody that's listening to me right now, if you have any kind of savings, if you (laughs) have a college fund for your kid, anything, take it and put it on seven points for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Dallas Cowboys just got romped by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who had no offensive line and missing. I mean, hell, they lost Chris Godwin at the end of the game for basically the second half of the game. And Mike Evans was even out for parts of that game. They still found a way to put up 19 points on the Cowboys who have a really good defense, okay? The Cincinnati Bengals barely lost a game to the Steelers where Joe Burrow had five interceptions. You think he's going to come back and do that again? You think he's going to throw, give the ball away five times? Now, they tr- they said they revamped their offensive line, and they didn't look like it against the Steelers. And now you got Michael Parsons coming from the Cowboys. He should be able to get there and eat, but they've just got too many playmakers. And the Cowboys are playing without their starting quarterback. They're playing a dude named Cooper Rush. Now, I know he played last year against the Vikings at uh, Halloween, and he played okay. But there's a reason that dude is a backup. You are going to see this week the Cowboys will lose by that seven. Take the Cincinnati Bengals minus seven for they, sure. They will thump them. Uh, we got Houston at Denver, and Denver is minus 10. Minus Ouch. 10, Denver. Okay, so we got to talk about this because we yeah. didn't really get into it. The Denver Broncos last week cost themselves a game, and they cost themselves a game because their coach is a hack. His name is Nathaniel Hackett, but I'm dropping the ET <laughs> off of it. He is Nathaniel Hack. This dude. Listen to what the Denver Broncos did. They traded heaven and earth to the Seattle Seahawks to get Russell Wilson, a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? And then just before the game started, they gave that man $160 million guaranteed in a five-year extension. And what does Nathaniel Hack do when they get a fourth and five from their 47-yard line to possibly go and win this game? He brings on Brian McManus to kick a 64-yard field goal. Kevin, do you know how many times that's ever been done in the history of the NFL? (laughs) Uh, Less than 12. Twice. (laughs) Two times in the history of the NFL, a kicker has kicked 64 yards for a field goal. And you know one of those two times, if the dude's name was Brian McManus? No, it was not. No, they don't have Justin Tucker. They don't have Jan Stinnerud. They've got Brian McManus, and they just took the ball out of their $160 million man's hand to kick a field goal. And then what does he do at the end of the game when the when the uh, the Seahawks are trying to da- and take knees to end the game and let the clock run out? This old sucker butt is calling his extra timeouts to talk to the refs and being petty. Man, that whole locker room has to be looking at this dude like, I don't know what we got here, but he might not be it. That all being said, they are playing against Davis Mills and the Texans, who are just not a good football team. Yes, they tied the Colts last week, but the Broncos are a good defense. The Broncos have a good offense. I have to hope that Coach Nathaniel Hack is going to get into the lab, let Russ cook, and figure out how to get this win. I definitely think they bounce back and they cover this 10 points because the Broncos are a much better team 
to the Texans. Take the 10 points. Absolutely. All right. Uh, good NFC North matchup. Chicago at Green Bay, but Green Bay's given up 10, dude. Minus 10 on Green Ooh, Bay. Man, this is, this is one I'm kind of worried about yep. because – I like Justin Fields. I really like Justin Fields. I like the Bears. I don't know if they have enough weapons to really make anything happen. And they are going to Green Bay, who is coming off of a loss. So you know they're going to be full of a lot of piss and vinegar. And they're going to be ready to get this game, right? And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't look so good. He also doesn't have that great of a receiving core. So that's an advantage for the Bears. I'm going to say I'm going to take the Bears to cover. I think the Bears covered the 10 points. I don't think the, the the Packers have the firepower to beat this Bears team by 10 points. And Justin Fields, I trust. Take them, plus 10. Let's go. All right. And we go to Tennessee at Buffalo. Well, Buffalo's minus 10, but I think they can Tennessee cover at Buffalo. after what they did to, That's the thing. <laughs> did to the Rams. That's the thing, man. <laughs> it's kind of it's scary because the Buffalo Bills have this office that's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yep. They're going to be at home. They're going to be at home. And they're playing against Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, who lost A.J. Brown, his number one receiver. Doesn't have him. I don't know who the hell Ryan Tannehill is throwing to. All I know is they got Derrick Henry, and they got to turn around and give him the ball a bunch of damn times. But guess who's going to be waiting for Derrick Henry? The entire Buffalo Bill defense. Because they know Ryan Tannehill ain't doing a damn thing. And I don't know how good the, the defense is. I mean, hell, they just lost to Daniel Jones. They just lost to Daniel Jones. What are they going to do against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? They're going to get blown out. Give them the 10 points. Is this a divisional game? I still think up in Buffalo, if the weather is nice, if it's cold, rainy, and all that stuff, then we, we whatever. But if it's a nice weather game, take Buffalo in those 10 points for sure. All right, second half of the Monday Night Football is last game is Minnesota at Philly. Uh, Philly's only minus two, so pretty close game. Minnesota at Philly minus two. Yep. This is basically a pick 'em. Yep. They're saying this is a pick 'em, right? Because exactly. it should be three points for Philly. It's weather. basically they're saying one point. What? Well, what's the weather going to be? Exactly. What's the weather going to be? And. Whose defensive line is going to show up? Yep. Because if the Eagles can get pressure on Kirk Cousins, you change the ball game. The e- the, the Vikings can get pressure on, on the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, but guess what Jalen Hurts can do if they get pressure? He can run. So that nullifies the pass rush. This actually, to me, I know I said something else with the game of the week earlier. I think this is the game of the week. This is Monday Night Football. Man, Monday, Monday Night's got some good games going right here. This is going to be a good game. I still am not 100% sold on Jalen Hurts yet. So I'm going to take Kirk Cousins to go in there and get this win. Take the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half. I, I agree. think you got to take them. I, th- I, I, think, I think they just got a better offense. It, it, it might be their time. Is that it? That's it. Did I get them all? Yeah. That's it. That's Reggie's picks for the week. We're going to keep track of it. And I hope I made y'all some money because I made myself some money. I went eight and seven. So as long as I go eight and seven again this week, I'm good, baby. And you good. And you're good for listening to I'm Probably Right. Thank you so much. Rate us, review us, subscribe, con- comment, but please don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleveland is running the boards, engineering, producing. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great football weekend. And go see Woman King with Viola Davis. Great movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I love Viola Davis, and I love the story. Go out there and see it. Support it. We'll see you all next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.